today we're talking with Allie Slaughter. Allie has degrees in law, nutrition, and is also a 500-hour yoga instructor. On top of that, she has a visual impairment that classifies her as legally blind. So today we're going to talk with her about her journey through teaching yoga with that visual impairment and how that has strengthened her verbal cueing and other parts of her life. Encompassed with that, we'll talk about healing in general, embracing your gifts, and really stepping into shit that scares you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. We'll see you on the other side. All right, welcome back to our show. Uh, today, we're talking with Ali Slaughter. Um, Ali is a newer friend to me, uh, introduced by a person I'm going to have on the podcast later on named Patrick. Well, one of the many reasons Ali's story really uh, spoke to me uh, is she's a yoga teacher, which is uh, you know something I share as well. Um, but Ali is teaching from a, with a visual impairment. And that, for me, um, was one of those like, oh, okay, what would I do if, how would I teach a yoga class if I couldn't see the students that I was working with? And that immediately got my head turning. I'm like, okay, I don't care what else this woman does. We're going to figure it out. I'm going to have her on the show because if anything, I just want to talk to her about yoga and how she accepts the, the yoga practice with the, the gifts that she has, right? And uh, so Allie is a 500-hour uh, RYT yoga instructor. Uh, she is a registered diet uh, nutrition dietary nutritionist, excuse me, and also has a degree in law. And so has this multitude of being a student of, of just knowledge, gaining knowledge as much as she can, and now applying that knowledge in this most beautiful, unique way, um, embracing the gifts that she has on the way. So Allie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you about how you uh, interpret the, the practice of yoga and just the, the, the life that you live and the cool shit that you've been doing. So thank you so much for being here, Allie. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And what a, that, gosh, that was such a nice introduction. And um, can I, am I allowed to give a shout out? To, oh, most definitely. To Pat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Patrick Schwarzkopf, um, good man. Yes. <laughs> Claps all around for him. He's, yeah. he's one of my lifelong uh, best friends. We, we went to grade school, high school together. And, you know, there's just those people in life that, you know, are, are lifers mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. So thank you to him. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to hear his episode as well. So I love you, buddy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to Big Patrick. Hell yeah. Well, Allie, thank you so much again for being here. Um, I, uh, like I said, when I, in the intro, I, um, I'm just enamored by, by people when they embrace the gifts that they have. And that word gifts can sound kind of off-putting to people that might have some kind of what you know, the masses would consider a disability. Um, but one of the mm -hmm. things that I've learned in my, my personal spiritual journey is that, um, and I'm not trying to say that I'm not trying to force that word on anybody that has, you know, a hearing impairment, a visual impairment, a life impairment of some way. Um, but I do embrace the idea of just changing the vocabulary around the things that, that we might seem doubt and trodden about. And, mm -hmm. you know, so when we can finally step out of the, the shadow of what, what, what we might feel might be something holding us back and find the way to embrace that thing as a gift, um, I think that's, that it's such a beautiful change in, in our, um, in our cellular structure, you know, in our subconscious, it, it, it really hits us in a deep way to embrace the life that we have instead of wishing that we had something else or didn't have this thing or, you know, whatever that might be that wish that we might have. Um, so for, for you, Allie, were, were you born with a visual impairment or was this something that kind of progressed over time? I was, and I, I love your, um, explanation of using the term gift. I think that's, that's fantastic because the, the verbiage that we use in everything is so important and the words that we tell ourselves and the words that we say to others. And hmm. 
Um, there's definitely been uh, more than a lot of times in my life that I've felt sorry for myself because mm-hmm. of that difference that I have from, yeah. you know, growing up to the other kids, you know, turning 16 and not getting a license like the rest of my friends. Um going to undergrad and walking through the cafe, you know, through the cafeteria line and having to have my friends tell me what the foods were Mm. and, and, you know, not being, and, and knowing because I can, I I can't see distance, but I can see close up. So I'm not going to like put my head down in the food to see what it is. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, But there's been a lot of, I, I can tell, you know, from, from the, I don't know the, the way people react, um, Mm a person that might be working at a restaurant or the, the dining hall cafeteria, for example, I'm already going on a tangent, Adam. Um, <laughs> but you can, you know, you can tell that they're kind of like, why does that person need their friend? You know, can they not read the menu? Mm. Can they, you know, like if there is a menu board, for example, I'll have some, I'll stand there and have someone read it to me. Um, so, so yeah, there are times that, you know, feel sorry for yourself. It's like, God, people, people know I'm different. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so circling back to your original question, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was born when I was born, the doctors told my parents, I don't think she's blind. And that's kind of where it was. My aunt at the time, um, at the time, she's still my aunt. She passed away, but anyway, Mm -hmm. um, she was working for an eye doctor, a specialist at children's eye doctor in St. Louis. So she got me in, they discovered, um, that i wasn't completely blind, but I, you know, tests, whatnot. So I was put in glasses when I was a year old. Um, I switched to contacts when I was 12. I have to say real quick. Um, um I bet sure. you looked damn adorable with glasses at one years old. My, my <laughs> little one, my youngest Harper, um, had, a you know, has a stigmatism in her eye and uh, had to yep, have glasses when she was like too. five or six. And it's just the most uh-huh. adorable thing when children wear glasses. I don't know what it is, but it just melts my it heart. It really is. Good Lord. It's so <laughs> it cute. It really is. Yeah. My mom, my mom still has all my little pairs, including numerous broken pairs oh, because I'm imagine. the oldest and I, you know, two little brothers when you're a, a four-year-old with little brothers, oh, but gosh. there's many, many a broken pair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I, I went to traditional school, um, small Catholic school, my entire, my entire life, actually, wow. my, including un- undergrad and law school. And so, but in grade school, high school, there was never, I was always smart in school mm-hmm. and, um, even the eye doctors, they just, they, oh, she's, she just needs to read close up or she might have to go stand in front of the chalkboard. I'm dating myself because yeah, we use the chalk. <laughs> right there with um, you, girl. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I got, I got through it and I had help from a lot of friends and teachers and, um, and yeah. And then we were, you and I were kind of talking before we started. Then I, discovered I, I didn't know how to be out in the real world until my 20s yeah. when I, I learned some some um, blindness training skills some orientation and mobility I learned it was when I was in law school that I had to learn how to uh, learn traffic patterns so that I could cross mm-hmm. the street by myself okay. I was here I am going to law school and I have my friends walking me back and forth across the street mm-hmm. was that something that so, um, that you just kind of found as you got into college? Um, or was that like, was that therapy or training that wasn't even really thought of when you were younger and growing up? Cause I know, you know, a lot of these, um, these gifts that people are starting to have, you know, we've haven't really 
found the best way to embrace them or to train or to teach alternative methods for, okay, so you don't have your hearing or you don't have your sight. What are some alternative methods that you can get around with? Was that something that that wasn't really available to you until you got to that point in in college to where that's something you wanted to seek out? Or was that... Um, I think it was a, it could have been available had we known again, because of the small schools I went to and because I was pretty successful in, in school and in my learning. Um, I I know in the public school setting, they have, um, what are they called? I want to say IEP individual education plans. I think it stands for. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, so I know in the public school setting, perhaps then I would have been, uh, given more opportunities for, such training. Um, and I, I, I actually think my parents might sometimes feel a little bit guilty about it, but they don't, they don't need to, cause they're the best. Um, right. you don't know what you don't know <laughs> so, until you know it, you know? Right. Exactly. So we didn't learn. None of us learned. My parents didn't know, you know, we didn't know that I was eligible for some of these services because I could see, because at the time mm. it's like, okay, she's not totally blind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've always, I've always felt like I've been in between the two worlds. I've never been a full part, a, a part of that sighted world, or I've never felt a part, fully a part of the blindness community, honestly. Mm. So interesting. Does that lead? I mean, have you felt a little bit of disjointedness from that? Not not feeling fully. Not, I don't know if belonging is the right word, but you know, you know, because I know there's some, you know, I have friends that are biracial in some ways, you know, and uh, you right. know, some maybe half white, half black, half Asian, half black, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of mm-hmm. combination. And I feel I, I get a lot of that similar feedback from them. It's like I don't feel like I belong to either race because if I uh-huh. let's say black and white, you know, half black, half white, you know, the white people don't really accept you because because you look more black than white, and the black mm-hmm. community doesn't really accept you because you're not as as black, you know. And so you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's a very broad brushstroke statement. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but that is a reality for a lot of people. So was that something that you kind of felt that that disassociation between the sighted community or or the visually impaired community. Absolutely. Mm. And I'm already going to veer us into the yoga direction. Dance, um, right? Because <laughs> that's what I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think that feeling that, you know, on, on the edge or on the, you know, in between um, mm. has really sparked. And I, I, I hesitate to use the word obsession, but truly it, it kind of is an obsession. And maybe I need to rein back on that and work on it. But I have this obsession <laughs> about everyone feeling included in everything. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want everyone to feel welcome in every single aspect of life. And and it's a blessing and a curse. I can imagine, yeah. You know, I... So... Yeah, because you have the biggest heart yeah. to to want to include everybody, but... There's also the reality of either people don't want to be included. Uh, some people like to be like like to feel that that disclusion because it gives them an excuse to feel the way that they feel. You know, so mm-hmm. there's like it's mm-hmm. almost like that Stockholm syndrome idea. You know, like mm-hmm. you've been a captive for so long, you start to identify with your captors. You know, it's like, oh, they're not yeah. that bad. Even though they're holding me a gunpoint, they're fine. It's like depression and anxiety. <laughs> right. eh, you're not that bad. You keep me warm at night, you know, a little, little shaky and depressed, but it's all good. Got a, got a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we get so used to those feelings yeah. that then we just, you know, and, and those become comfortable. And then it's sometimes hard to get out of those. Mm. And, you know, I, um, I, I, I've, I've taken it far and it's something that I'm working on. Like I said, with, 
with using the word obsession. I mean, I, I've taken it to the fact that my feelings get extremely hurt if I'm not invited with all my friends or not with all of them, but you know, if people are doing something and I'm not included. It's it, I, I take it much more personally than the average person, mm. I think. Um, and so it's, it's something I am working on, but it, it, I think it all kind of stems from just that, that feeling of never being fully something. Yeah, no. <laughs> if that makes sense. It really does. It really does. And you know, one of the things with humans that we know is that we want to feel like we're a part of something. You know, want to feel right. like we belong, like we have a purpose. And if we're not, mm-hmm. if we don't have that, we kind of flail around until we find it. Mm-hmm. So was mm-hmm. yoga one of the things that that you found that found that was that community that you could be a part of and that you felt embraced by? Oh, yeah. I said I was going to veer to yoga and then I just didn't even talk, talk about it. <laughs> I when I learned when I learned that one of the one of the back meaning, there's so many back meetings, but one of the, you know, essence of the word yoga is unity Mm. it's like oh my gosh yes (laughs) (laughs) like this like this is why i love it because yo like unity is like bringing everybody together and you can't spell the word community without the word unity Mm -hmm. and and then when i started to uh learn more about yoga when I, i got into can we start can we start going into how I got into yoga? Oh, get in there, girl. I actually have one more thing I want to bring up before you do that because sure, I, I love sure. the, the I love the word community, and uh, and I've been uh, been trying to find like the roots of words recently, and not like seeking them out, but when they come across my path, I'm like, oh, that's great origin of that word, and I love mm-hmm. the word community because when you break it down, it's common unity. You know, you have a common yeah. unity yeah. between you know, whatever that case is, but you have this common unity and it's such a beautiful thing when you can find that with a group, especially in a healthy way. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, yoga was one of those things for me too. And it was one of the, like, I didn't realize I didn't have community or didn't want community or didn't need community until I found it and was like, oh, this is that hug that I've always wanted that never knew that I could, that I could have. Yeah. 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 So what was Absolutely. the, uh, what was the, the toe dip in for you? Was it like, take a class and be like, holy shit, what's this? Or was it, you know, what was that? No, I hated yoga when I first started. <laughs> oh my fair. gosh. So I, um, like many people in the Western world, uh-huh. I got into it for the exercise, for the fitness component. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, I've always been pretty active, um, and was lifting weights a lot and, you know, lifting weights shortens your muscles and mm-hmm. yoga helps to lengthen them. So, um, I'm like, I, I need to start getting into some of these yoga classes and trying to, because I'm not good at, I'm not good at after a workout, like doing stretching or anything. Right. Um, so I need, I need to do some yoga and I, um, uh, people listening here might not probably don't, obviously don't know this, but I'm pacing around my room as we talk. <laughs> I told you, you know, because I, I have a lot of nervous energy. Like I always need to be moving Mm -hmm. and, um, still even, and, and again, that's something I'm still working on. Um, because with yoga, you know, we'd like to try to (laughs) embrace that stillness and we all need to learn how to slow down. But, um, so the first couple of times, you know, I, I took yoga, I'm like, in Shavasana, I'm like, oh my God, is this going to ever end? It like, is the hardest pose I... in, in yoga. Oh my God, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so boring. Uh-huh. And I, but I, I stuck with it and I really started to enjoy it. Um, however, at the same time, mm-hmm. the, when I was taking, I was going to classes typically with a friend and 
oftentimes I um, couldn't, I, I didn't know what we were supposed to be doing. So I would have to turn my head to try to look at my friend who was next to me or, you know, whoever, whatever other person in the class, whoever the closest person was, if I, you know, didn't exactly know what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, did you, uh, do you mind to ask a question? Did you let the teacher know ahead of time when you came in that you had a visual impairment of any sort or was no. just like, hi, I'm Allie. I'm going to go take class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't. It, it, it was at the local gym, you know, it mm. was like not at, it wasn't like a yoga studio. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I used to teach classes at the gym. You know what I mean? Totally, yeah. just, just, a di just a different environment. It really than... is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's more of the, like the classes are very, you can get a really good class still in my opinion, right? So this is my take on gym yoga versus studio mm -hmm. yoga. You can still get a mm -hmm. great class. It's the, the community side that really... I wouldn't say is lacking in a, in a gym setting, um, but you definitely get more of an opportunity to have community in a yoga studio setting. In my, in my opinion, that's what, that's the way I yeah, do that. No, yeah. And just from my experience that I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I got, yeah, got into yoga for the workout essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, stuck with it because I kept, I started reading more about more and more about the benefits of yoga on, anxiety, depression, PTSD, all mm -hmm. of which I also live with. And, um, okay, I'm going to keep, keep doing this, keep at it. And then, um, I just, I, I liked it so much that I'm like, you know what? I, I struggle at this because I can't always see what's going on, but I like it. I'm mm. starting to like it. I'm starting to be okay in Shavasana. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I also, don't currently have a job and still don't really know what I want to do with my life. Um, I, I know I don't want to be at a computer all day long. I know I, I know I want to interact with people. I know that I just love people. Like I said, you and I are, we were already best friends after we talked the first phone call last week. Now we're like mm -hmm. Facebook friends and exactly. we're, you know, we're, we're besties. Now. Yeah. You're like, on my Christmas I'm card uh, list. I'm going to send you, yeah, you know, an invitation, my kid's graduation, like things are happening. Oh, I mean, I'll probably meet you in a couple months when I go out to visit Pat and Liz. So. Hell yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> That's it's it's in the works, but um, yeah. So I just I'm like I know I know I want to work with people. I know I want to also help people to improve their own lives to feel better about themselves. And I um just started thinking more and more about yoga teacher training. Also, I can see better in the dim in dim lighting, and so I'm like I, I can just be here in community with people in the dark like oh, yeah. awesome that, yeah. that's helpful for me in my eyes so play to um, your strengths that's beautiful yeah so I did it I uh I was actually at a, at a I, do, I see this eye doctor a specialist in Iowa every two years and I was sitting in an appointment and it was November of 2017 mm -hmm. and the student um it's a teaching hospital the student was like what is there anything that you don't do because of your vision, because of your eyesight. And I was like, I'm scared to go to India by myself. That was my immediate response. And he's, and he kind of laughed and he's like, well, I wouldn't go to India by myself either. And then I start thinking and I'm thinking, well, why not? Like, why wouldn't you, you, I didn't say this to him, but I'm like, why, why, right. why wouldn't you go? I, I know plenty of people that travel solo. I know plenty of people that have gone by themselves. So then I don't know, something just sparked and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to find a program, a yoga teacher training program there. And I did, I started researching programs. Mm. I found a, um, one that offered scholarships. I applied for it. I got accepted. 
And by May of 2018, I was on a plane to India by myself. Damn straight. Hell yeah. And was this your 200-hour teacher training that you did? It was. Okay. And it was one of those four-week immersion programs, which um, are good and bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and I, I think that, you know, I, I, personally, so I, I used to work as a teacher trainer for a number of years after I got out of, after I finished my yoga teacher training personally. I was teaching uh-huh. classes, but I also got, got uh, brought on by a teacher training group and was you know, helping stabilize their business on a financial side first. But then after I got that, yeah, I started doing workshops and, you know, holding space for those. And we did multiple different combinations of, you know, the immersion, you know, two week intensive, right? You have 200 hours in two mm-hmm. weeks, you're there every day, eight hours, you're doing yoga like four times a day, like it's crazy. Uh, we mm-hmm. did the weekends, you know, for, you know, two months, um, that kind of worked out. But, you know, there's, you know, I, I got to say there's, I don't think there's like a sweet spot for the information delivery of, of, of yoga. I think it's really what works with the time that you have. And then you yes. get the certification and then you just fill in the blanks afterwards. You exactly. Know, there, there's a lot yeah. of information, you know, from the philosophy so to much. the practical <laughs> to the, and then you have the different styles, you know, people, there's a lot of uh, groups that try to shove all these styles in together, you know, like a Hatha uh-huh. Vinyasa and Yin training in a 200 <laughs> hours. Like, good God, like, where's the, uh-huh. where's the philosophy? Where's the, the practical coming in at? You know, right. so I, I feel you. Right. I feel you. There's a, there's a lot of information to cram in, especially in an in intensive. Yeah. And so, and then that hasn't even been four years for me and I mm. still have so much to learn. I, I did my 300 hour, um, sort of near the beginning of the lockdown. I, gosh, I don't, I don't know. So, <laughs> time is weird these days. It oh was sometime gosh. in 2020. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was all online and, you know, self-paced and everything. Mm. And And even with that, it was good and bad because that was probably my first online training that I had done. And again, I'm such a person that loves community, loves being with people. I learn better in person. I connect with people better in person, even though I'm teaching on Zoom right now Hmm. still. um, But that that online training, it it was hard for me. And so there are there's there's still so much. and, and, And you know what? For the rest of my life, for the rest of your life, for the rest of everyone's life, we're all going to be continuously learning and growing and changing our minds and unlearning mm-hmm. and all of it. Just get, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Get ready for it because that's exactly. It's like, you know, death and taxes, right? You know, people say, oh, the only thing guaranteeing life is death and taxes. You know, also change. You're going to change. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you're going to grow. Yeah. You're going to progress. You might even backtrack a little bit, but that's still change mm-hmm. and that's stuff we got to figure out. For sure. Hell yeah. So with uh, so with uh, your 200-hour teacher training, that four-week immersion mm-hmm. in India, um, mm-hmm. I've always dreamt of doing a teacher training or a workshop or some type of you know uh, some type of yogic practice in India. I have not been there yet. But what was mm-hmm. that experience like for you? So having your 300-hour online and your 200-hour in person in like a spiritual, beautiful place like India, um, you know, yeah. what was what was that experience like for you? Um. Again kind of like the training, good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, don't, it, it was awesome. It, it really was. I, I was in Rishikesh, you know, mm. it was, uh, let me think. I, I know I went from, I actually went a week early to do some touring. I joined up with a tour group, but, um, cause I couldn't, I didn't know if I'd be back to India. I'm like, I can't go to India and not see the Taj Mahal. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then I, I remember I flew from Delhi to the closest airport to Rishikesh. I had actually connected with, um, another student from the States before, I don't even remember how we got connected, you know, social media, again, another Uh, blessing and curse. We discovered we were both heading there. And so we met up and, um, 
at that airport and we were able to, to actually get up to Rishikesh together and everything. So, um, so yeah, it, it was, it was just, I, I love, I, I love Asia. I've been to a few places. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with Asia as well, but, um, yeah. so it was, it was, you know, a beautiful place. It was a, I loved the the little town. Um, I, I loved all the friends I made there. It was really intense. Um, mm. You know, we only had Sundays off, I think, because it was like, again, 200 hours in right. four weeks. So yeah. it's like, it's like, I want, I want to go back to just be, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Just be in the place, feel the, not have yeah. like a, an agenda, you know, things to do. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, well, a question. I, I, some people stayed afterwards, and I was like regretting that I didn't stay a few days extra in Rishikesh just to enjoy. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you get back there. Well, I, I, I will. <laughs> do you have a question about the the training itself? Um, were they uh, was the training center set up to assist you in the way that you needed to be assisted? Uh, <laughs> okay. I I don't think so. All right. <laughs> I I think I was probably one of their first. Um, students with a with a visual impairment slash low vision okay um yeah and so again i i kind of reverted to i i'm a lot better now as an adult uh and i started learning how to do this in undergraduate as well as especially in law school um becoming an advocate for myself and what i need Mm. so um i was I, i did i was a lot better about that to the trainers there. Yeah. Um, that's big work in itself. It, advocating for yourself, like just yeah, stepping and into the in a knowledge. Country. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh man. Wow. <laughs> so that kind of, you know, there was kind of just that difference um, sometimes of, of understanding like my vision and my needs. And so I, again, luckily I'm still pretty good at school and I <laughs> had the support of my peers, my new, my new best friends. Um, and we formed study groups and they helped, they helped me and we did it together. So mm, that's beautiful. Do you still mm-hmm. keep in touch with uh, the, some of the folks that were in your teacher training? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Hell yeah. 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 I, one, one's up in Chicago. Every time I go there, I, I shouldn't say this out loud in case other people hear, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know, I, I always used to get in touch with every single person I knew and, and, um, especially because of COVID, you've, you kind of have to shrink, shrink that down when you're not trying to like do a whole lot sometimes. Right. So, yeah. but he's, um, he's, he's one that I always, yeah, contact. So I, I definitely, and, there, and there's more of them too. There's more people that I definitely, uh, one of, one of the, my friends is from the Philippines. She, mm. bef- again, before pandemic, she came here and stayed with me for two weeks. We oh, actually yeah. did the accessible yoga training together in, uh, in St. Louis. And then another friend who he actually is from India and he mm. was in my training and he was traveling to the United States. So he came and stayed with me for a week. So. Oh, very cool. Um, I yeah, love, you know, I love, I love, uh, taking yoga classes in Chicago. I've, uh, I've been to yeah. and, uh, in, in and out of Chicago a number of times, uh, for conferences and my past life, you know, working in, uh, in corporations and things like that. We'd have conferences <laughs> and like, you know, the big, big hotels down there and shit. But, um, but I always would find yoga classes and, and I do have to say, I didn't find many individual studios. They were mainly like a core power or I think the, one of the, the, uh, corporation or the corporate concepts up there is called yoga six. Or the, the one of yes, the mass, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so, I, you know, still, you know, I, I like to support the individuals as much as I can. Those are the mm-hmm. type of studios I teach at. But, you know, mm-hmm. 
got to get your yoga where you can. And, uh, and I've right. gotten some of the, some really, really great classes from some folks in Chicago. And the, one of the things I love the most about taking yoga in different areas is the interpretation of the yoga practice is different from, from place to place. And it could be even oh, like sure. from city to city, you know, like I could be taking yoga mm-hmm. in Seattle and then go 20 miles to Kirkland and it's vastly different. The interpretation of right. what a, like a vinyasa or a power practice might be. So, you know, when right. I go to Chicago, you know, they're, they're doing transitions that I've never thought of or, you know, all these different sequencing that, that hasn't crossed my mind. I'm like, yes, fill this up. This is what I need right now. I need the creativeness. Yeah. I need the, 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 you know, that community, the ideas. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's just person to person as well. Teacher to teacher. We all just kind of, it, it's like how I go out on tangents, you know, mm-hmm. I think we all just sort of make it our own and then take our own out into the world and then hope that everyone else takes it out on their own as well. There do you go. know what I mean? I do. Like, you know, there's what, seven and a half billion different people in this world that gives us seven and a half <laughs> billion different perspectives. Like we can't all think yeah. the same, see the same and, and experience the same shit. It's <laughs> a very yeah. good point. Yeah. Uh, so with, uh, with, after you got your, your, um, your certificates, were you teaching in a, in an in-person studio before COVID happened? I was. So for about a year. So it took me, um, I finished 200 hour in June of 18. It took me until February to start teaching. I was so nervous, mm-hmm. you know, and again, it, a lot of it came back to my vision. How, all right, I got the certificate. How am I actually going to do this? Like, right. how, like I, I can't. <laughs> and part of it was my guilt and shame for like, okay, I've got that law degree and I passed the bar and I'm, I've never used it. You know, like I can't just continue to do, get these certificates and not use them. Right. So I'm, I'm going to force myself to here we are getting into the shit that scares you besides you my flight to India by myself, you know, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I went down, I, it was, I remember it was November. What's I'm having a brain freeze, you know, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like small, it's not small business Saturday. Black Friday. Maybe it was Black Friday. Black Friday. Yeah. No. So maybe it was small. So it was the small business Saturday. Okay. Is that okay. what it's called? I yeah. Don't yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I'm downtown, uh, in my hometown and I, the yoga studio is having like a special and I go in and I, I was just like, the, the owner was there and, um, I'm like, so how, like, what's your process of hiring yoga teachers? <laughs> She's like, Oh, are you one? I was like, well, kind yeah, I guess kind of, I got my <laughs> certificate but, <laughs> and I've never taught and I'm pretty nervous about it. And she was so great. She was um, so kind. And she's like, we, I'd love, you know, whenever you're ready, I'd love to have you just teach me a sample class. And, um, and she kind of stayed on me and I, I so appreciate mm. that. Um, and I'll, I'll never, I'll always be grateful to her. Um, her name's Vicki. And, go. um, because she, she emailed me in December and in January, you know, just letting you know, I have, if, whenever you're ready. So in February, I, I taught a couple 30 minute meditation classes. Mm. Uh, they didn't go over great. Again, Western world, most people want to move yep. and, you know, come to yoga. So, um, one of the other teachers put, put out on, she needed to sub for the end of March. And I was like, I'm just going to sign up for it. Like I basically, again, forcing myself to do something. Mm. Like if I don't just, if I don't just sign up for something, I, I'm not going to do it. So I, um, that was the end of March of 19. So then I started teaching there and then I added, um, the, 
the local gym where I had originally started my yoga practice. Yeah. Um, I added another studio. I added the community college. I added a senior center. So I was teaching at five different places by the time the lockdown started a year later. Damn. Good for you. Really way to lean into that, that fear, you know, just like I'm afraid yeah, of it. I'm just going to put my damn heart and soul into it. <laughs> yeah. And it was, Oh gosh, I was so nervous. I'm, I'm sure as everyone is, I was so nervous. However, I, you know, I talked, I remember talking to a few different teachers, like, okay, how'd you, how'd you start? Like, what'd you do? And, and a lot of them told me, like, I would have notes underneath my mat. And if I needed to, I would flip my mat and look at my notes. And I'm thinking, that's not going to work for me. Right. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have to, I have to revert to what I did in school and I rely on my good memory. So good I'm just going to have to make up, uh, you know, make up my sequences in my head. I might not get the verbiage, you know, the verbiage is going to be different. I'm not going to memorize exactly what I'm going to say, but I'm, I'm certainly going to at least have a sequence in my head and I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to rely on notes or yeah. anything. So, well, I think that's, you know, and that's, um, I, I appreciate you bringing this, this section up so much because there's so many different ways to teach your class, guide your class, to get help while you're guiding your class, because there's so many places to keep spinning when you first start anything, anything new. There's so many mm-hmm. things to learn and to remember about and all that stuff. And especially in a, in a we'll do a hot yoga situation, right? Um, so mm-hmm. in, in the hot yoga situation, you have the heat that you're monitoring. Uh, the mm-hmm. studio I work at, you also have humidifiers. Then you have the music that's going on. And then you mm-hmm. have uh, the students themselves, right? So there's so many mm-hmm. And those are just the broad brushstroke things. Here's all the the, the minutia right. too, like the, the verbal cues, the energetic cues, the where's your knee at, the should I open the door mm-hmm. right now? You know, like, is that person dying? No, they just need water. Okay, everybody take a break. <laughs> you know, there's so many things to remember and keep moving. It's like the flow, the, 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 the practice that you're actually trying to get across sometimes gets muddled in all of the other stuff you're trying to figure out. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of teachers, um, you know, I should say not a lot, but when I was, when I first started at the teacher training group that I was with, the, the head instructor was like, you've got to memorize. You can never have notes. As soon as you get up there, you're on, you're on, you're on, you can't have <laughs> notes. And I'm like, that's not, no, we need to, we need to adjust that because I, I appreciate right. that as your philosophy. And that's great if that works for you, but you can't put that much stress and pressure on a human being and not give right. them a safety net, you know, let them have their notes, let them have, you know, a cheat sheet. I mean, by God, please Absolutely. don't go over there. Don't go in there with your notes, hold it in front of your face and you're reading verbatim. Okay. Lift your right leg, step through crescent lunge, mm-hmm. rise up. <laughs> yeah. you know, please don't do that. But if you just need a reference to go back to and say, shit, where was I at? Okay. Crescent lunge. Cool. All right. Crescent lunge. We're going crescent twist from here warrior two got it Mm -hmm. okay cool got Mm -hmm. it now but have those things have those and even i have a i've done this many a times but it was introduced to me by by a a yoga friend of mine that was teaching way before me and he would always do these intricate flows he never wrote anything down it was all just off top of his head he would just you know come up with this shit and there were times where he would be like, oh, shit, where the fuck did I start this at? Mm-hmm. And we'd be in Downward yeah. Dog, and all of a sudden, I'd see this this beautiful little blonde head of his come by, and he's like, hey, Adam, what, where did we start at? And I'm like, side plank. He's like, ah, oh, that's right. All right, side plank. Got it. Cool. All right, lift your left leg, step through. We're doing a side plank, and then transition to crescent lunge. And then it gets going from there. Yeah. So, like, you know, utilize the things around you to make the, the process as smooth as you can. Don't just be like, I'm never going to read my notes. I'm never going to have a crutch. I'm always going to be perfect and on point. Uh, the reality right. is we're not, we're not. So we need to have well, those things and, if we need them. And exactly. And, the, you know, therein is a whole other issue of, of perpetuating that culture of perfectionism mm. that 
I, I personally am still struggling to get away from because for my entire life, I've been a type A perfectionist, you know, <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, oh gosh, I don't know. I could, I could go on a whole other tangent for, about that right now, but yeah. the bottom line is that, like you said, we, we're all human. No one's perfect. We're all flawed. And I think when that, perfectionism mindset is perpetuated that just it diminishes the yoga practice yeah. of, of the students and the teacher that all everyone practicing is one because you know I, I think that you really need to people not you everyone <laughs> needs to um really learn how to embrace all of yoga not just the movement but how to embrace it and to intertwine it into life mm. and if you can't have fun. And if you can't laugh at yourself when you fall out of your tree pose, you know, and you feel like everything has to be so rigid and perfect. And oh my God, when people hear, when people that know me hear me saying this stuff, they're just going to laugh because people know that I'm such a, <laughs> that I still struggle so much with this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Gosh, I, when I first, uh, when I first got it deeper into my practice, um, so I started yoga the very similar way you did. I, I got into it for what I used to call vanity reasons. You know, I was out of shape, mm -hmm. my back hurt, you know, so it wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for a spiritual practice. I was just literally looking to move my body. And right. uh, when I started to get into the actual practice of it and started to understand like how it worked with my body and I was just getting those little modicums of spirituality. I wasn't there yet, but it was just, you know, those little mm -hmm. toe dips in here and there. But I found this community that um, these like three or four yogis that like to take the same class as I did. We have, you know, off work around the same time. So we just started practicing together. And mm -hmm. having that community, to your point earlier, like having that community to where you can feel like you're going to, like I'm going to like open up and I'm going to slap Zach in the face accidentally because we're so close together <laughs> in these mats, you know, or I'm going to try to do a handstand and I'm going to mess it up. And, but I know that Timmery's to the left of me. And I, if I overcorrect and like accidentally just like step on her toe, she's going to be cool with it because we're homies, you know? So right. it, like it gives you that comfort to be not perfect and to try right. to figure out how to, how to work with your yoga practice. I mean, I remember yeah. the first time that I had like my big, my first big fall in a yoga class. Like I'd been practicing for mm -hmm. maybe a year. I had, uh, I, I finally got the confidence to try to jump from downward dog and land in a crow pose. Like I'd been working mm -hmm. on crow. I was doing good, but I was trying to like get that momentum and jump forward. And it was during like an opening Sun A series of class, you know, so everybody's like lift the heels, bend the knees, jump to the front, circle sweep, forward, fold, mm -hmm. chaturanga kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so it was like this very paced class and I jumped forward and I, and, I, and I landed in my crow and I'm like, yes, oh my God, I landed this. <laughs> and then I felt my fingers getting heavier, fingers getting heavier. I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm falling forward. <laughs> and I totally fell all the way forward and I was right in the front row, right by the mirror. And I wedged myself uh -huh. upside down, head to the ground, butt up in the air. <laughs> and it was such a packed class. If I rolled either way, I was going to take somebody out. So I just had to sit oh. there upside down while everybody circle sweeped up and saw my ass hanging up in the air. And then they folded, folded into me. And so, and so moral of the story is my, after everybody got through their chaturanga, I righted myself and the teacher came over Tang and he came over and he said, it's okay, Adam, not everybody was born a ninja. Ninjas have to practice too. And I was like, oh, that was like the best thing that I never knew I needed to hurt at that, at that moment. Oh, I because, love it. Because, you know, it's like everybody does have a point to where if you're looking to do something different, you're going to suck at it for a while. Right. You're going to fall on your face and you're going to be awkward and it's going to be weird. Mm -hmm. But that's also where you learn a lot about yourself and a lot about mm -hmm. what you're capable of and where those little maybe triggers, if, if you call it triggers, or the, the, the points of interest that you want to work on are, you know? Yeah. 
we yeah, need to fall on our absolutely. face. We need to have those moments to where we we, we do. understand where we want to change and how to how to how to enact that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. With uh, what what styles were you teaching um, in uh, in person before you got to Zoom? So styles okay, like me, so... like power. Uh, what we call Hatha up here used to is known as the Bikram style, twenty six and two, but it's shortened to a sixty minute practice from a ninety minute practice. You know. Mm-hmm. So any you know what kind of styles were you looking at or teaching? Yeah. And I, I actually tell people, I kind of hate this question because I feel like it's like the, what kind of music do you like question where I'm like, all of it. I listen to everything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Because so my 200 hour focused on Hatha and Ashtanga. Okay. Mm, okay. Um, I, so I kind of started, you know, doing Hatha. Um, Like I was saying earlier, how it's all different teachers kind of take their own spin. Mm. I feel like I've kind of spun and intertwined stuff so like when I send you know when I teach my classes right now I'll be like gents I I don't name them as as vinyasa I don't name them as hatha I'm like gentle I uh I guess I do name yin because yin's kind of you know yin's just dreamy yeah yin's yin um I I call my week my Sunday class my mo- most active slash power like class of the week. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I it's like I've, I've just I, I've just kind of I don't know prefer to use terminology that uh, somebody that maybe hasn't taken a yoga class before is going to um, connect with. Yeah. I guess That's- is go- is going to more understand if I saw a class listing with, and I had never taken a yoga class and I saw the word, you know, Sunday, 9am vinyasa. I'd be like, I don't know if I want to, do I want to take that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, so I feel, I feel like I don't even really know what I teach. <laughs> Movement based yoga. Like I, I combine elements. So. Yeah. You know, actually I heard yeah. it, I heard it really uh, put uh, a really cool way one time by a, by a young lady named Ar- Arundhati. Um, Mm -hmm. she, um, you know, she was saying that, you know, there's so many different types of yoga out there. There's movement, there's Mm -hmm. non-movement, there's meditation yoga, there's tantric yoga, you know, sex yoga, there's all different types of yoga. And Mm -hmm. so the way that she kind of broke it down was saying that, you know, for us, for example, right. So Hatha, Vinyasa, Yin, Slow Flow, like the movement-based practices, the way that she put it was it's an asana-based practice. Because the asanas are the poses, yes. right? And so I yes. really love that because that's really just like covers it all, right? Are you a movement-based teacher? Cool. Yes, I teach asana-style yoga. From there, yes. you can dial it down if you need to. Uh, but I really like that that verbiage for that, that vocabulary. I do too. And that's funny because then that just reminds me that I actually, when I finally started my yoga like Facebook page, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm posting my classes on my personal Facebook. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Although now when I make a post on my yoga page, I just share it. Cause I'm like, yeah, everybody needs to see it. So exactly. anyway, um, but when I was originally starting that and I, and I really had had these grandiose intentions that I still have to follow through on of, <laughs> of really trying to, 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 to make more posts about the other seven limbs besides asana, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more like, I, and again, I'm, I'm a nervous energy kind of person that needs to be active, which is probably one of the big reasons I still do teach asana based classes. However, and so I, I had made a post and I'm like, there's so much more than asana. How, and, and the word yoga does not just mean an exercise slash fitness class. Mm-hmm. Like if I, I'm going to start, I'm going to start listing my schedule as 
these are my asana classes for the week that lasted like two weeks and then I <laughs> fell off and now I just call it yoga again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, yeah, it's, again, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, and it, it, a lot of it's the effort, right? You're, you're putting the effort forth. <laughs> uh, sometimes the effort doesn't stick around, but you know, it's that initial mm-hmm. effort, you know, you're, right. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us, we, we beat ourselves up for that stuff, you know, and we get in those shame oh, cycles. Gosh, of not, I'm the queen. <laughs> right. You know, and it's, you know, the, the, the thing served its purpose when it needed to serve its purpose and if it didn't stick mm-hmm. around we can always dig into why but the guilt and self-shame model that we that we start to go with in our head of like oh there's another thing that I didn't follow through with or mm-hmm. you know whatever that is it's like okay if anything we 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 let's say don't succeed or don't fully see something through just so we can hear that guilt and shame cycle and then that's the work to stop that Right. So if anything, mm-hmm. it's like self-sabotage on purpose. So you can just feel that shame cycle and stop that shame cycle. Right. right. And that, that, that's like, that's such a sneaky little beast that comes in and yes. starts to, it, it can sometimes sound like your higher, higher self, like your ego whispers a little bit higher in the top of your head. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, loving things, loving things. And all of a sudden it's like, and then you're a piece of shit and you didn't do this thing. Why didn't you go to yoga today? It's like, Oh, why do I feel shitty now? Yeah. yeah. It just sneaks in oh, there. So much, mm-hmm. all of it. <laughs> With the, um, you know, and, and that's really stepping towards, um, you know, one of the other things I really want to talk to you about is, uh, is self-work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we all have some kind of work to do, whether we realize it or not, whether we have the time or not. And I think that's a big key that, that kind of gets lost in the healing community is, Healing is a, is a commodity that not a lot of people have the time, the space, the energy, the money for, right? And there's definitely healing mm-hmm. modalities out there for people that, that don't have, you know, a big financial stability or whatever that is. But it's also, you have to create a lot of time for healing. And if you have mm-hmm. three jobs to support your family, and then the, between those three jobs, you're also making three meals a day for the family and getting that family up and ready for school and work and all those things, like, to be frank, you know, where do you have that time? Right. So healing is, is, it's a, it's a, it's a luxury that not a lot of people have. Um, Mm -hmm. but we all have that healing journey that we can take if we have the time and the energy for it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so talking to you precursor to our conversation today, you know, you, you kind of alluded to a healing journey yourself and, um, and I would love to kind of talk to you about that because there's, you know, we all have layers to our healing journey. Um, some of us have like internal trauma that we've dealt with. Um, well, actually probably all have internal trauma we've dealt with, Oh yeah. <laughs> but not, not all of us have, um, you know, like you're, you're visually impaired, right? So that's something that mm-hmm. probably has something that's, that's something you've had to come to grips with and had to accept mm-hmm. and had to do a lot of healing around, um, to get to a point to where you're at now, you're holding space for yoga classes. You have multiple degrees. Mm-hmm. You have like, you have your own yoga channel. You have all these things that, that, that confidence that, that got you to a point, to a place to accept you as you are and still probably work mm-hmm. to do. Cause we all have that work, but so much, so, so much. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's shining through the work that you have done so far. So where did that path start for you? Did you, where, where did that healing journey start for you? Yeah. Gosh. Um, I don't know. Like you were saying, you know, we've all, we've all kind of got that. And uh, I think when I was a teenager was when some of that like anxiety and depression, those underlying issues start when when I started to notice them, but didn't label them as such, didn't really realize that's what maybe some of those issues were. And, um, and then as I, yeah, continued in life, um, 
I saw different therapists and whatnot for some of my mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember, and, and I, um, again, exercise was always a form has always been a form for me of healing. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it increases that, you know, serotonin and everything, that happiness booster. Um, and, and, and yet I, I still, I struggled so much and I still struggle a lot and, and hearing you, you know, use the word confidence referring to me, it just like blows me away because I still struggle so much with, with my own self-confidence. And, um, I remember a, I, I was in a pretty dark place in my, um, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, um, in general, mentally. And I remember a friend saying that yoga wasn't going to help me being going to yoga teacher training. Wasn't going to help me. And at that time, again, I I was still didn't know all the benefits of yoga, but I, I I was determined to make that a part of my journey and to see, because I had read so much Mm. about how healing yoga could be for, you know, the mind and the emotions and the body and every, all of it, all of it. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And so then after my, um, after my training and just that four week intensive, you know, I, I didn't practice for a few months and then actually went, went to Chicago, saw those, a couple of friends from training and we found an independent yoga studio and went to a class and, um, and then it was, so that was in 2018, 2019, I was decided I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to practice every day, every morning, even if it's five minutes mm. and I'm going to at least take, if, if I'm not going to, you know, I might just do one sun salutation. I might be in child's pose in the morning, but I'm going to do something. And go. I've stuck with that. So since 2019, 20. 2019, 2020, 2021, I haven't let a day go by and it might not be a movement-based practice. Um, like I always like, especially on uh, times that like say I've been traveling or something, but I will at least take five minutes to, again, focus on one of those other limbs, focus on my breathing to, to take time to just try to calm myself down. And, um, honestly, yoga has been one of those healing tools for me. I'm, in a completely different space now than I was five, seven years ago. Um, I'm still not that I'm still not healed. I'm still healing. And we're all, again, we're all going to be on a healing journey for the rest of our lives because shit's going to happen. We're going to have hurts and we're going to have losses and we're going to have changes. And we have to learn how to breathe through them and get through them moment by moment Mm -hmm. and just continue to try. And I think that's all any of us can do is to just continue learning how to move forward and to try to be a better person than we were a moment ago. Damn straight. I had somebody on not too long ago and and we talked about the concept of being healed, like with the ED Mm -hmm. at the end. And I'm like, man, I've never (laughs) even thought about that as far as like, (laughs) healed, I'm done. (laughs) Fucking great. Finally. (laughs) That was a tough ride. It's like, God damn, I don't think that'll ever happen. You know, and not even, that's not even taking into account the stuff that I haven't even encountered that I need to heal from. You know, that's just the, the, the 41 years leading up to where I'm at now. Like there's still so right. much that I haven't even thought about that I haven't even realized that I need to unpack yet. Like shit, I sit with a oh men's group gosh. now and I had a, yeah. a men's group last week. My, my father passed away like 12 years ago. I'm, I'm not over it by any means, but I thought that I had dealt with it and grieved and done the things. And then we had a men's mm-hmm. group last week and man, I, I had a very big 
um, cry purge around that, mm-hmm. around my dad and around things mm-hmm. that, again, I thought I had, I had, I had accepted. I had, I had not dealt with, right. but I had, I'd found a way to integrate. And, uh, yeah. but no, I'm sitting there, you know, blubbering, you know, just like having a big, nice, beautiful, ugly cry about my dad and about missing him. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so again, you're like, there's, fuck, man, I don't know if I'll ever just like throw my fists up with joy and be like, healed. No, <laughs> maybe that's how never. I'll go out. Maybe that's how I'll go out. You know, I'll be, I'll be having a heart attack yeah. on the way out and be like, I'm healed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that, uh, I, I think a lot of those experiences, they, they, they really make us who we are. And again, they don't, they don't ever go away. They're still going to be a part. And there are still, there's things from my childhood that I haven't thought of. And that I, like you said, unpacking, yeah. um, it's like, you come back to it and be like, Oh, I think that might be where this started. You know, it's like you kind mm-hmm. of put some stuff together and then you got to, you know, I, I mentioned way long, long time ago that uh, my, my aunt passed away and that's been almost 20 years. And mm-hmm. like you said about your dad, like, I mean, I'll still, I can still hear her. We were so close. I can still hear her, mm-hmm. her voice and her laugh. And I could have a dream about her randomly sometimes, you know, and then, and then I think generational trauma plays oh. a big part, even in in, in who we are as people, you know, stuff that happened in my own family before I was born that's reverberated oh in me. Yeah. I had a, I had a, we uh, could have like five different conversations, Adam. Because... Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. We'll get back to it. <laughs> but you know, that's a really good point because I, 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 when I, when I started working with somebody, um, and, uh, you know, when my healing journey started, I was, I was, you know, still dealing with my own shit. I don't think anybody can help mm-hmm. me. I'm going to help myself and just dove right. into it. And, you know, found, found a lot of help, um, through books and podcasts and, you know, information. Mm-hmm. But once I got to a point where it's like, all right, I, I, I would like some help. I need somebody to hold space with me, therapeutic dialogue, you know, take me on mm-hmm. some journeys, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I, I started working with this woman named Holly and, uh, and she told me one of our first sessions that it's such a profound thing to, to tell somebody and to remember for ourselves is that, the healing that you're doing is not just for you, but it's for your entire lineage of humans that came before you that didn't have mm-hmm. the time, didn't have the knowledge, didn't have the the understanding or the even the the wherewithal to know that they needed to heal. So you're doing yeah. like you're doing your healing not for just for yourself, but you're healing generations of trauma that's happened before you. But also yeah. look at the example you're setting for all the people that are currently in your life. You know, and not to be like, look at me, look at me, I'm, I'm doing good stuff over here. But when you can quietly hold that space and, and, and show your family, your friends, the people around your life that, that you're willing to do that hard work on yourself, like that, that really ripples through the community in a, in a beautiful way. And it's not going to be absorbed by everybody, but the one mm-hmm. or two people, the five or six people, whatever it is that, that see that you're on a path that is improving your life. And it's like, shit, man, where do I start? Where can I dip a toe in? You know, that's such a beautiful example to hold for people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and circle, well, again, circling back to Mm -hmm. the healing and to the, the word confidence that you used. I mean, I, when I was in that place, I didn't, I was still on Facebook, for example, and I didn't post for a solid, I don't know, three to five years. Mm Mm-hmm. I couldn't even, I had such bad anxiety. I couldn't even hit, I would see other people's posts. I couldn't even hit like, I couldn't comment when we, we haven't even gotten into like the whole zoom zooming and teaching on zoom. COVID stuff. But um, (laughs) I, when I started getting into that, I'm, I, I had to start posting. I had to start getting myself out there. Mm. And, 
you know, I've, I've always tried to be a pretty open person about my, my own struggles and I don't always communicate it the best with people. So sometimes, and, and again, that's always something we're working on. And so sometimes like I would avoid it. I had, you know, had a big avoidance problem, or if I tried to discuss it, it wouldn't come out right. Things would be taken wrong, you know? So hmm. I had to start posting and I would make three different people look at my post. Is this post okay? To- is it okay? Does it sound okay? Can I, can I write, can I write this? I would be, sh- I mean, for those first few weeks, months of posting, I mean, I was shaking as I hit that post and, and even still now, depending on what I write or put out there and, you know, you've, you've social media stalked me. So you've seen that <laughs> I, you know, I, I, again, I try to be pretty open. I'm, I'm very wordy. Brevity is not my strong suit, but um, I, I try to put stuff, put shit out there, you mm-hmm. know, and and I still, depending on what it is, I still might have someone read it first for me. Like, does this sound stupid? Is this okay? You know, yeah. I, am I sounding? And, and I think, again, it's kind of that fine line because I don't want people to think I'm, depending on what the topic is, feeling sorry for myself, mm-hmm. for one. I don't want people to feel sorry, you know, like to pity me or to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you've gone through that. I'm so sorry, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but I also don't want people to think I'm I'm trying to like, Oh, I'm so great. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, where's that? Like, how do I find that fine line of like, of really wanting to share my own experience to hopefully help just one person know that they're not alone if they have these same feelings. And yeah. Yeah. Well, the social media side is very, very difficult. And I, and I think a lot of people in, um, in any kind of, um, uh, well, I'll just, again, use just examples that I have. Um, a lot of the people that I know in the holistic community up here in the Northwest, it's, it's like a, the bane of the existence of, right. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a necessary evil to, oh, yeah. uh, to, to be on social media and to use yeah. that as a platform. It's a lot of advertising for a lot of us. Um, and, and, you know, and there's, there's, you know, there's, I think there's a big misconception right now with social media is that we, we now know how toxic it can be, right? We know how mm-hmm. the algorithms work. Uh, we know right. how they, they play into our, our emotions in ways. But just because we know that that's the thing now, that doesn't mean we can circumvent it and we can skirt mm-hmm. it because I'm smarter than the algorithm. And, right. that's, that's, and that's a really big thing. I hear people say that a lot. It's like, oh, I, I, I see what's going on. I'm, they're not going to get me. That's bullshit, right? There's a guy named, uh, um, what's his name? David, Daniel Schmachtenberger. He's one of the smartest uh-huh. guys of our times. He's such a beautiful, brilliant human being. He gives a lot of thought to the things that he thinks about. Like he really ruminates on thoughts before he like puts it out into the world about what this thought could mean and all these things. But very, very beautiful human being. Uh, but one of the things that he does is, uh, is he will, uh, program, he'll trick his algorithm on his Instagram or for, for example, and to show him just police brutality videos for a month. Right. And even though he knows that his algorithm is doing this on purpose, he'll still feel himself getting angry with cops and be like, Oh, the cops and the blah, blah, blah. Right. And this is injustice. Right. And not saying that he's wrong. Right. But that's again, when that's all you're shown from a demographic of of people, of course it's going to get your blood boiling. And so then the next month he'll switch it to where it only shows him police positive videos. Right, he'll start going through and liking all these police positive videos, showing police like helping people change tires, showing police getting attacked by civilians. Right, and so mm-hmm. and, and he again, 
will know that this is happening, but he empathizes with the cops, right? And he'll start to empathize with them. And so uh, even though we know it's happening, it doesn't make us immune to it. And so I think that there's a big um, uh, disassociation with that right now where people think, oh, I get it. I see behind the curtain. They're not going to get me. Mm -hmm. Like, no, Mm -hmm. your brain is still very placating to all of those things right now. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning with with our verbiage Mm -hmm. and using the word gift you know, and the, the, like I, you know, I had mentioned way earlier, like the, the self-talk, how we talk to ourselves, mm. how we talk to others. Like if we're constantly putting something in our brains, that's what we're, when we get comfortable in that anxiety, depression state, you know, it's like, we have to constantly be filling ourselves with, you know, the, the good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, with, with social media, I mean, I, I try to, I try to do like two posts a day, Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's so hard to, to your point. It's so hard, you know, because I'm like, you know, are people thinking I'm braggadocious or people getting sick of seeing like, Hey, look at what, what, look at the next event Adam has. Okay. We got it. Mm -hmm. You do sound baths. We get it. Okay. Next. (laughs) We don't want to see that anymore. But at the same time, like I, you know, that was the story that I was telling myself in my head. And probably there were some people that have that story too, that were saying, you know, Mm -hmm. those things. But the, the reality is, now, because of the usage of social media and the the way that I found my peace with it, you know, my 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 sound baths are you know filling to capacity because of the advertisement. You know, I'm able to get Reiki mm-hmm. clients in from outside of where I normally would because of that type of advertisement. So, you know, right. I think it's it's really finding your niche with it and finding your peace with it and knowing mm-hmm. that okay, I'm not just going to talk about how great of a life that I have. I'm not just going to post all the beautiful pictures of like, Hey, look at me mm-hmm. surfing and all this fun stuff. Like we're mm-hmm. going to talk about some real shit. I'm going to put some different quotes totally. out there. Yes. I'm going to advertise for myself, but I'm also going to talk about what other people are doing, you know? So finding mm-hmm. your, your rhythm with that piece of social media and then just kind of adhering to that is what I found works. But it's still like, every time I go to post, I'm like, Oh God, this again. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm impressed if you're doing two posts a day. I'm lucky if I do two posts a week. (laughs) It's a necessary evil, like you said earlier. It is. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd mentioned Zoom, and I apologize for skipping over that. But um, yeah, I want to talk talk to you about Zoom. (laughs) No, you're good. Uh, I I struggled with Zoom a lot in the very beginning um, until I found my pace with it. But once Mm -hmm. we switched to in-person and Zoom, so a lot of the the Northwest studios, once we got back to in-person studios, we did a tandem style where, um, you know, the people that didn't feel comfortable coming into studios could still get a Zoom class. You you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of studios will like set up a laptop in the back of the studio. You know, you have some kind of audio going to it, a microphone of some sort. So you still get Mm -hmm. an idea of the studio experience, but you're also teaching an in-person class and where that really got cumbersome for me was I would end up ignoring a group of people. And it usually was the Mm -hmm. zoom class because the in-person class, they're right in front of you, they're tangible. And then I would just forget that there's a laptop back there that I got to play Mm -hmm. to as well. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So for you, what was your experience with zoom? Yeah. So, um, Kind of going back to when I first started teaching in general, I was very nervous about it because actually, yeah, that is where I'm going to go first before Mm. I start talking about Zoom Um, because I was I was very nervous. It took me about eight months after my first training to start teaching because I was like, how am I going to do this? How I can't I'm not going to be a teacher that walks around the room and does adjustments. You know, I'm not going to be able to look over at a student and be like, you need to, you know, change this position. So um so at first, my first few classes in general, in person, I would tell, I told people, Hey, I'm going to be staying on my mat, you know? Um, 
so I had, and I always, I kind of got into the groove of always really trying my best at the beginning to encourage students to do what feels best in their bodies, Mm. to find what poses, what shapes work for them. If they don't want to do what I'm doing, don't do it. I'm offering suggestions. They make the decisions for what's best for them and their bodies. Beautiful. All that. So, okay. So then, then March of 2020 happens and everyone immediately pivots to zoom and I immediately start, you know, all that anxiety starts creeping back. How how am I going to do zoom? I'm not going to be able to see them on the screen. And how am I going to set up the camera for myself to know if I'm in the right frame and Mm. all that. And it took, it took me seven months because at that point I didn't teach for a couple months Then it was summer. So I started teaching outside at the parks and um, then it, it October hit and it's like, all right, I, I can't teach in 40 degree weather. I'm too cold. (laughs) So um, I'm going to have to learn how to teach on zoom. So I just started with, you know, a couple of my friends, like unofficially, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to figure out how to, where exactly to put my laptop in my room. I'm going to stand back on my mat. I'm going to lift my arms up. You tell me what you can see. You tell me how to kind of where I should move my laptop, you know? Yeah. So then I, I basically knew exactly where to set my camera up. And, um, I use this magnification program on my laptop. So even when I'm sitting down with it, I only see not even a fourth of the screen at a time. Gotcha. Like, I mean, when I'm on a zoom meeting with somebody and their camera's on, it's like their face is huge, yeah. just like right <laughs> up and, you know, and, uh, so I, so then I, I started telling people, I'm like, you know what, I, you know, I can't see you in real, like in-person class. If you want to turn your camera off, turn it off. I can't see you if, you know, and, and, uh, I, I'm just, if we're not going to be as unfortunately as in community as we might be in person. Mm-hmm. However, I've discovered, uh, and so again, it took me a while, like a first, first while was just friends. And then I, then I started promoting it after about two months in these classes. And um, I, I, th- I, I don't know if everybody likes it, but I think some people do like it. I think people do like having that ability to have that camera off, to truly just be in their own zone, to not worry about what other people are doing next mm. to them, to not worry about other people thinking that they're doing something wrong. And I think it actually gives people, you know, a, uh, more of a chance to be more introspective in their own practice, to listen more to their own bodies and what they need, you know? Mm. And I've, I've had people tell me like, that that was a fast class today. I was in child pose most of it. And I'm like, good. Good. Exactly. Yes. Wow. That's a really (laughs) good perspective. It's almost like giving them permission to really do their own practice. Like we always tell people, this is your practice. Do what feels right. Don't do anything that hurts. Exactly. But then you still see people like pushing themselves through because, you know, and I can do this myself. Like I, I used to be like halfway through a vinyasa class, like say, I'd be like, Oh, I am effing tired. I'm not going to do this last chaturanga. And then my buddy mm-hmm. Zach next to me does a handstand to chaturanga. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'm handstanding this one out, you know, <laughs> but you yeah. know, but yeah, to, to your point, it's like, we can be driven by those around us, but, and that's cool, but we can also have the, the freedom to listen to our bodies and really give right. us that nurturing practice that we need or that adventurous practice that we want. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. That's a really, and you so, know, I mean, I'm, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to comment on the, uh, the zoom, the zoom cameras because, uh, so my, uh, my girlfriend, Monica and I, uh, we're both yoga teachers and we started teaching. Mm-hmm. We, we pretty much, uh, so the, the, I think the studios closed down on the, the 18th. 
And then I think it was like the 21st we started Zoom classes. So we, we were like mm-hmm. right afterwards. Um, and, uh, and we weren't doing it in studio. Um, uh, we, we had the opportunity to go to the studio uh, because they had the equipment there just in case we didn't have like the microphones and stuff at the house. There was never anybody at mm-hmm. the studio. You're there by yourself. But, um, but Mon and I, we were able to do it in our living rooms. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the, you know, there was an awkwardness for, for the teachers to, to get used to it. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I won't speak to that yet, but for the camera side, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so the first couple of classes that we taught, you know, everybody was just excited. They're like, oh my God, the studios are open again. We can do yoga, even though we're all quarantined, we get to do something. Oh, look, there's Tracy. Oh, look, there's Shelly. Oh, look, there's Max. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, cool. We can see people again. This is great. Brady mm-hmm. Brush screen. <laughs> everybody like, you know, people had their hair done. And, you know, even though if it was a morning class, people are still like yoga ready and got their headbands and shit. By like mm-hmm. the third class, the screens were off. You know, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. the people that would like before they turn their screen off, you could see the bed head coming in. They're like, oh shit, my camera's right. still on. They're like, you know, going yeah. to hit the. And so it was just beautiful to see the progression of the Zoom yoga of like at first, it's like, oh, excited. Look at us. We're doing this. And then like three days later, no, just just give me my yoga, turn the screen off. You know, but, yeah. but to give them that freedom to, you know, I'm just going to lay in Shavasana for an hour and wonder why I haven't cleaned under my couch for the last hour, for mm-hmm. the last three years you know (laughs) why is that dorito underneath the tv stand like good lord right but you have that freedom to just do the practice you want to do and it was just it was really funny to get that feedback from the from the students so where did um so as you built that confidence and as you started to build the the following how did that how did that change for you how did that manifest for you um i love zoom classes now like Mm -hmm. again i i I do miss, I, I had mentioned earlier, I do, I do so much better connecting with people in person. And I do love that community of being in person with people. Yeah. Um, but I, for one, I can't drive. And so it's so much easier for me to just go down to the basement than have to worry about who's going to, you know, coordinating with different family members or friends or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, how am I going to get to this studio or that? Um, so I, I you know, selfish, selfishly. I love the convenience of zoom. Um, And also I, I've been able to continue teaching. Like when I have, you know, gone to, now that, you know, we can start safely traveling again. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been able to teach from when I've gone places, you know, I've, I've been out at my cousins in LA and I've been able to teach from her house. Mm. And, um, and I love that. Like, I love, I love how, you know, the pandemic did really show a lot of people who do, who do have like more, uh, let's say office jobs, I guess, mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a, per, a, a place, a physical place that they have to go. It's really opened up the world to, to that remote work. And, and I love that, you know, so it's like, okay, I don't have to actually take three weeks off of, of trying to make some sort of income to go somewhere because I can still do some of this, you Definitely. know? Yeah, that was a so, that was a big eye opener for a lot of yoga teachers. It's like, oh my god, we could be mobile now. Like, I don't right. have to just be in this state at this studio. Yeah, to your point, uh-huh. when uh, when we could safely travel again, it was February uh, two years ago, maybe. Um, uh-huh. We, uh, my girlfriend and I, went to to Hawaii and stayed with some friends that live um, off grid up in the mountains in Hawaii. And they mm-hmm. literally got um, they got internet connection just for us, so we could Zoom classes from their living room while we were in Hawaii. Oh, that's awesome! And still keep those <laughs> classes right. It's like, oh, this is great, and our students loved it because they're like, oh my god, you're at, where the hell are you? You know, what's your right. background? I'm like, oh, I'm in fucking Hawaii right now. You know, yeah. it was beautiful, and we were all over their property. We do it in their garden, you know. We do it in their house on the beach, you know. It's just like 
this on location yoga and it was so beautiful to have to you know in a lot of the students they 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 were so excited to live vicariously through us and, and to see right. that like, Oh, that's such a beautiful, thank you for sharing that sun, sunrise with us. Cause a lot of times our classes mm-hmm. are early in the morning at, you know, it'd be like six o'clock in Hawaii, eight o'clock, eight thirty in, uh, in, uh, uh, the mainland. And they could mm-hmm. see the sunrise with their yoga practice in this beautiful, like yeah. Hawaiian setting and stuff. So there was, I think there's a lot that, um, you know, we'll start to unpack about the benefits, but of, of zoom, but I do like to ruminate about just talking shit about Zoom. And I've noticed that about myself. Yeah. And I think I got, I got to do some work around that. But I'm not there yet. I'm still talking shit about Zoom. <laughs> no, I know. Me, me too. And, and uh, well, a, and going off of my selfish reasons for liking Zoom of the, you know, transportation. I also like how it's opened up, um, you know, not just the ability for any of us to teach from anywhere, but. I tell you what, most of the people that come to my Sunday classes are not from my hometown. My cousin from uh, Nevada comes. She's pretty regular that comes every Mm -hmm. Sunday. My friend from Denver comes, a couple of friends from Chicago. You know, like I've got people from all over, which is which I love. That's beautiful. Hell yeah. Yeah, I did have a uh, my my sister in law uh, popped in on a couple classes from Texas and with some of her friends mm-hmm. down there. You know, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's so beautiful to like be able to really access a lot of really good yoga that you don't have to go to the studio for. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mm-hmm. one of the things for me. I um, I really dove into um, sequencing during COVID for myself and was mm-hmm. able to you know look at a lot of the teachers that I'd always held in a high regard, but never really been able to take their class. They're in a different part of the country, take any workshops or seminars. But with COVID, a lot of people had nothing but free time and were willing to share that free time. And so, like, I can't tell you how right. many great, like, sequencing workshops I sat through or, you know, body awareness, anatomy, functional anatomy, all these things. Like, watching Kat Meffin, watching Patrick Beach, watching Dylan Werner and all these different mm-hmm. ways that they put their classes together and just feeling, you know, the different styles and modalities. It was so beautiful to, like, dive into that um, and have the time to dive into it. And and I And I understand, like, COVID wasn't... Uh, a, a godsend by any means for the whole community right, or for no, the whole world, yeah. but there are little modicums <laughs> of good that come from the bad. And I think Absolutely. that's, you know, for me, especially on a personal basis, that's one of those, those really big good things for me was the, the chance to finally not feel guilty about not going to work because I've been a corporate person for 40 years, 30 years, roughly. And to, mm-hmm. to have that freedom to really dive into the things that I loved and not feel guilty about it. Like I'm still progressing, mm-hmm. I'm still learning, I'm still doing this stuff. So, you know, like with COVID and, and and Zoom, like that was a really big blessing for me. But I had to find it. Yeah, you know, it yeah, was. It didn't seem that sure. way in the beginning. Well, and it, if you don't mind, I'm going to circle back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to talk about Zoom, but yeah. circling back to like my whole, you know, being a legally blind yoga teacher. Um, and I think I, I think maybe I could be wrong, but I don't know if this is. Um, what started the conversation between you and you call him Patrick, I call him Pat, but (laughs) our, our mutual, our mutual buddy. Um, I recently received a a grant from, um, a a teach it's called teaching for equity. Mm. And so we had to like write an essay, write essays and, you know, basically present a project and, um, and it could be anything, you know, whatever yoga teaching it's, but it's basically teaching to, um, communities or people that may not uh traditionally have access to yoga classes or 
or maybe don't think they do, you know, again, it's teaching for equity. It's just trying to make yoga circling back to my also obsession of having yoga for everyone Uh and be all, you know, um, so I proposed, you know, being able to, and so, so the grant, um, offers the teachers a stipend and then we offer 12 classes free of charge to our community. Wow. So, um, they could be in person or virtual, uh, Mm -hmm. or, you know, again, however we want to set them up. Like we pretty much have, have that ability to, to make the times, you know, Mm -hmm. everything. So I'm so blessed that I was chosen as one of the 50 recipients. And my project was to offer, um, my free classes to the blind, visually impaired, low vision community. So, um, so just, and those are on zoom because again, I'm offering them virtually. And also I can reach people from all over, not just the United States, but anywhere in the world. So I, this morning, I just had my third of the 12 series and, um, I, gosh, I, I mean, I've, I've, uh, one of the really big things about not just zoom, but for me back to teaching in person and, or being a student is the, is the, uh, verbiage, the description. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, I've, so thus far I've had some pretty good feedback. I've also, um, drawing back on that community, I, I decided to make that movement part of the class, the asana part 45 minutes, because again, a lot of people that's, that's how they get drawn in. want to come to yoga. Uh-huh. You know, they want, they want to learn how to move a little bit more. Um, and then we use the final 15 minutes of the hour to just talk and, hmm you know, they give me feedback or we just talk again. It's only been three sessions thus far, but like, you know, sometimes my, my words are certainly not perfect as much as I try to be descriptive. Um, sometimes I'm like, what, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. (laughs) Uh Uh (laughs) So, um, so yeah, there's been there, you know, we've had some feedback afterwards and they'll be like, what did you, what exactly did you mean when you were trying to explain this? And then I'll kind of have to reformulate what I, what I meant. But, um, I'm, I'm yeah, so happy so. that to hear that you're giving the, the student space to give you that feedback because that's that's so important for the students to realize that they can give real-time feedback to their teachers and to ask follow-up questions about that stuff. You know, like I, I, I've never taken a class from you, so I don't know what your queuing is like, but you're I know, welcome. I, you, I, I, you know what, I, I'm, I, I teach Sunday mornings at nine, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to make one of your Sunday classes. Like I would love, <laughs> I love, love trying out new teachers. Um, but, um, the uh oh gosh what was i just thinking about oh i lost I know, my it's train one of those brain freezes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know i'll come back to it in a minute let me see if i can think about it <laughs> uh, okay so but with uh with zoom and um so are you are you um growing a platform now or a following now with um the visually impaired community or are you finding a mix of like all different kinds of people are finding your classes Um, yeah, yes and no. And yes and no, both and both and nothing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) once again, the answer is always all of it. Uh Um, so I I don't know if people are, you know, when I first started teaching on zoom in general and also in life and in student in person, pre pre pandemic, um, Mm -hmm. most of the people that came to my class were fully sighted. Um, that being said, I still, taught how I needed to learn. So I still have, you know, described everything. And also when you're on zoom or in person, it's not good. If you don't know, if you, even if you can see someone, you shouldn't have to like turn and crank your head to try to look at 
what someone's doing. You know what I mean? Yes. So, um, so when I first started putting stuff out there, I had quite a lot of people coming to my Zoom classes. It's definitely fallen off. I, you know, Zoom fatigue, yeah. whatever. The yeah. times, I, I am not an evening person. I do not teach any classes in the afternoon or evening. Like, I am, I am all morning all the time. Hmm. And it's early for a lot of people. You know, it's, it's uh, 7 a.m. in Seattle so, for you. Right. I mean, for, yeah. So, um, so I understand that. So, um, that being said, I've, I've had a really good turnout with the, um, these teaching for equity classes. Granted, they're free. <laughs> um, I, I actually offer all of my other, my classes in general donation based because, mm. uh, not only do I want my classes to be like physically accessible for people, but I, people are all at different financial stages in life. I want them to be financially accessible. I want people to know that, they can come to a yoga class and I don't want them to be held back because they can't, you know, they might not be able to afford the 10, like 10, 15, $20. Like right. if you can't afford to come to my class. I still want you to have some yoga exactly. and I guarantee you what somebody else might be paying me will help, help to make up for that. So damn straight, you know, um, and that's, that's a beautiful place to work from. That's the way we, uh, we run our Reiki sessions. Like we oh, have, a, awesome. we have a price, right? If you can meet that price, great. If not, what can you afford? Everybody needs healing. I'm not going to yeah, turn you away just because exactly. you, you ain't got stuff in your pockets. That's totally fine. You know exactly. what? Bring me a brownie, right? Bring me a piece of cake. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. An energy exchange of some sort, but get your damn healing in. Don't let don't yeah. let finances stand in the way of your healing if you can find it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm I'm still trying to um, to get out there to everyone and hope that again, there's there's so many teachers out there and not every and not everyone teaches for everyone. Mm -hmm. I did. I will say that I had um, someone come, a, a blind student come to my first two classes last week. I had my classes are Wednesday and Saturday for that program. Okay. And um, she sent me a PayPal Saturday afternoon because because I in my Google form that I sent for all of them, I'm like, would you also like to receive my email with my, you know, schedules and links for my classes that are separate from my donation based classes separate mm -hmm. from this. So anyway, I received a PayPal from her that afternoon um, and I. I reiterated that week in my email for all of these new people that had said yes to being included. I was like, this week, all I have is Sunday. As a reminder, Sunday is my most active flow class of the week, <laughs> just because I wanted to, you know, let people know that hadn't been to that one. And, and she came, like, I was super excited that, you know, even just one person from that program, um, thought enough of my class that she also wanted to come to you know one of my donation based classes Hell like yeah. that really it really granted i haven't i don't i don't i don't know what her feedback is yet but <laughs> but you know what Hopefully. you got her there that's 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 <laughs> yeah. that's a huge step you know and you know i think so one of the things that i used to talk about a lot and not just me but it was part of the teacher training group and, I, and a lot of teacher teachers talk about this it's not just my my concept but it's you teaching from authenticity right you teach from that mm -hmm. authentic place that you come from 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 your highs your lows from your successes from your failures right you embrace you as a human right you embrace mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the gifts that you have in whatever capacity that is and when you teach from that place the community that that needs your style of teaching that needs your style of healing will find you they will find mm -hmm. you every time and they will support you and they will, f they will, it, it will be a beautiful thing, but it's got to be authentic. You know, you got to yeah. really embrace where you're at, where you're coming from, the ignorance that you might hold, the knowledge that you might hold and, and just really teach from that space. And when, when you do that, it oozes out of your pores and people will find you that need to find you. With, uh, with 
there, you know, we've, we've kind of run through a lot of topics today, which is the most beautiful thing. I, I love it so much. Um, as a, you know, as, as you're kind of putting all this together, like everything's, you know, everything's in flux right now, movement, you got building into your online yoga, you're doing a little bit of uh, trauma informed yoga trainings, you know, on the side, um, mm-hmm. you have law degrees, you have nutrition degrees, you have all these things. Like I love when we can find the way that all of our, our weird interests in life. And I don't mean weird as in like, it's strange, but it's just, you know, like sometimes how does, how does law and nutrition work together? You know, I don't know, but you know, the, for the person that holds that information, when we can find the way that all the cool stuff that we're interested in, find their, their niche and their, their, their piece and their place in the puzzle of our personal lives, those are where those actualization moments happen. And you find right. that, that beautiful product, that beautiful uh, gift that you have to offer the humanity because of all the cool, weird, random things that you've learned throughout your life that nobody else can put together because they don't have the brain capacity that you have as an individual, <laughs> right? Because everybody's brain's built differently. So when we can find mm-hmm. the ways that all the cool information that we have mesh together into this beautiful thing that we can present to the world in some kind of way. Um, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you're, you're moving towards of like, man, all of this stuff is starting to make sense in some kind of way. And this is what I'm now working towards to culminate all these things together. Um, yes and no, I guess I, uh, gosh, I, (laughs) I feel like my brain is not as, uh, full as it used to be. Like, you know, maybe it's just age. Um, (laughs) but I, I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, there is no, like, how did I make it through law school? There is no way I could do that now. Like it, that's, I mean, it's been, oh, it, well, almost 20 years since I graduated undergrad. So almost 20 years Mm. since I started law school, but yeah. So anyway, but, um, but there are just little things that fit in with all of it that kind of circle together. And I, sometimes I would tell people like, I regret going to law school or especially regret going back to school for nutrition and dietetics because I, I really never used that one, but I, but actually I did, I have, um, I was probably the unhealthiest in general, like physically in general, when I was going to school for dietetics. Um, Mm. and I, I just kind of like learned and, and it changed my eating habits and, and the way I live my life. And, um, so, so, I mean, I incorporate all that knowledge, but like for, uh, like law school for say, mm-hmm. uh, for example, I was just on the phone with someone yesterday and she was like, I love that you do a Google form with a waiver and a disclaimer. And I'm, I'm like, I, yeah, I, I guess like maybe I wouldn't have ever thought of that had I not gone to law school, for example, but now I'm just in that mindset. I'm, I'm like, even though these classes are free for this program, I still won't send them out their zoom link unless they sign that waiver and liability form, right. you know? So, yeah. so, I mean, there's definitely the parts that stick with you that teach you things. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it didn't take me as much or as long to seek out that type of information because I already had that mm-hmm. kind of knowledge in, yeah. you know what I mean? I do. I do. And so, that's, that's a, that's a big important one for a lot of people in this holistic community that, that don't, um, have the full understanding of the the CYA pro- procedures, right? The cover your mm-hmm, ass procedures, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's something that I was very very thankful for for having in my previous life, in my corporate life. You know, I worked mm-hmm. in restaurants, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, so from you know slips, trips, and falls to waivers for things to you know like all the 
all the CYA stuff, you really have to have. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really understand that when they get into um, yoga teaching, energy work, things like that, because you know a lot of the people in those communities, at least early on in the practice, um, uh, or whenever this started to gain popularity, didn't have a lot of... Um, I shouldn't say that, but maybe didn't have the awareness of uh, the, the the things that we need to make sure that the world is still the world and the world is kind of vicious at times. And if you come across the, the right combination of person with viciousness, then that can be pretty nasty for the individual, right? So how do you protect right. yourself in those, those situations? And so, yeah, I share that, you know, I, I, the first couple of times I sent some stuff out and had some Reiki people signing waivers, I got you know, some sideways looks, but I'm like, mm-hmm. that's, that's where I come from, man. I got to make sure that if something goes sideways, that my family is still taken care of. Well, um, as we start to kind of like wrap things up here, um, is there, so there's actually one, one word I want to bring up because I was reading through uh, uh-huh. a couple of your Facebook posts, you know, again, you know, social media stalking and, <laughs> um, and you had Love made a it. post about, uh, Aparigraha, non-attachment. You know, one of oh, the, yeah. uh, the yamas and neons. One of my, one of my nemeses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's such a hard one. It's such a hard one. But you know, I, I really appreciate the post that you had about non-attachment and that's something that, you know, I, I made a few, so I don't know which one you had looked at, but <laughs> it's the most recent <laughs> not one. Not that it matters. You, yeah. don't, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it matters. But, but you know, it's, I, I, I just, you know, to, to kind of comment on your earlier uh, message about the post that you make, you know, I, I, I really appreciate the, the post that you have read, the, the, the post that I have read that you've made and, uh, and you're, you're sharing information that might be like, you know, very, very common vocabulary to some people, but might also be that thing that nobody's heard of, or that person hasn't heard of. And it's like, oh my God, what is that word? Non-attachment? I attach Mm -hmm. to all kinds of, and then you go Mm -hmm. through it and like, oh my God, I'm relating Mm -hmm. to this. You know, it's like that little, (laughs) that little bit of fish hook. It's like, oh, I got you now. Come on in, buddy. You know, so, uh, is, are the yamas and niyamas, is that something that, that you're kind of working through? That's something for me. I mean, it's, it's something I kind of dip in and out of, you know, I'd like to put more time towards the yamas and niyamas and the understandings of, and the applications of, um, but it's something I kind of feel like I dip in and out of, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Same. It's like, I just, um, I, I I love them. Like I I love rereading and relearning about them all. If, if you were to give me a test, I'm right now off the top of my head, I couldn't list them all, um, without a cheat sheet. Right. Um, because again, my brain isn't as, doesn't work as well as it did 20 years ago when I could memorize things in school. Um, but I, I, again, I was just telling, this was that same phone call on, that I was on yesterday. I was just saying that I really want to try to start incorporating some of that into my yoga classes. Like, like maybe just have a class on Ahimsa and try to just, mm. inc- just li- like little tidbits. However, I'm so busy talking because I'm so busy describing everything <laughs> during my class. Like I'm, I'm, I'm using so much, so many words to describe what we're doing so that my classes are accessible for both sighted and blind participants mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm struggling to figure out. I'm like, okay, so maybe first I need to just <laughs> get people in with the asana classes. And then maybe I need to start maybe I need to create a workshop series or like a six week series or a 10 week series, you know, like, mm. all right, we might, we might not do so much asana or maybe we'll do a half hour of asana and then we'll do some, you know, some philosophy work and we'll, we'll yeah. talk about Ahimsa or, you know, whatever. And, um, but yeah, in, in life, I definitely, like you said, I definitely dip in and out of, of, of thinking about them. I just reread 
the Yamas and Niyamas book. Ah, oh, great you know? book. Yeah. Uh, God, De- uh, Deborah Ad- Adele. I think so. Yeah, Adele. yeah. Uh-huh. I think yeah. Um, and there are like study questions at the end of each chapter. And so again, another one of my intentions is to <laughs> is to really go back and and look at and and work on those questions. And and they're really great because I think it was like. I want to say she suggests like using a month for each one. So it's like for this month, focus on like these questions on Mm. this one, you know? So it's, it's not just a fast homework assignment. Like it really, it it really encourages you to delve in. And so again, that's another one of my goals. Right. Right. (laughs) I'll get to it. We'll get there. That's just keep that list moving. Keep that list going. Yeah. That's uh, with, uh, with, with journaling. That's such a, that's such a beautiful uh, modality for healing. And uh, I, I, I too would like to be better about journaling. I need, I I would like to get, make more space for that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, journaling about the yamas and niyamas about, you know, the eight limbs, just like giving yourself a month. That seems, that seems like a lot more achievable for me instead of like, Cause then you can, you have time to ruminate around it. You know, you have really time to like right. sit with it and be like, okay, so today this is what operigraha meant for me, non-attachment, but yeah. tomorrow non-attachment might mean something totally different. Like my, uh-huh. my oldest daughter's 17 and she's about to go to college and I got to have really strong operigraha practices around her right. leaving and, and, you know, creating that life for herself that she feels is mm-hmm. going to be beneficial for her, not the life that, you know, her, uh, her mother, stepfather and I def- and Monica have decided, you know, so it's, it's really mm-hmm. her choice, her life, get out there, make me proud, make yourself proud and you're going to fuck up, but it's part of the journey. And what I also love so much about, I mean, just focusing on the yamas and the niyamas, like, yeah, these words are very foreign to, you know, a, the, a, a person that hasn't studied them. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to create a story around them or trying to explain them in, in real, real life ways, real, real stories, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it helps people to realize that, oh, that's a part of yoga. Okay. Maybe I am doing yoga. If in my life I'm focusing on do no harm, but I didn't realize that it could be called ahimsa and it could be a part of yoga. So actually, am I practicing yoga? Oh, mm. awesome. Yep. You know, and it, and I think it just kind of circles back to also how I just love them because it's like, if we all really did delve into the yamas and the niyamas and, and just try a little bit each day and a little each moment, we all would be better people, right? You know, mm-hmm. it really, you know, that's it's such a beautiful, like, not like a rule book, but it's just guidelines, you know, just these, hey, yeah. there, here's these little bumpers, you know, like, you know, how are mm-hmm. you, how are you studying yourself, right? How are you, yeah, lo- loving your neighbor? How are you staying safe? You know, like all these different yeah. ways that, you know, it's, it's kind of like the golden rules of life just presented in a different way, right? In a different context, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think we just all need that, you know, no, again, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We all do. Uh, we all F up, mm-hmm. you know, a constant daily, daily. Yep. Uh, we all do things we regret. And it's just coming back to that and being like, I'm going to try to be better next, you know, this afternoon. And I'm, and I'm going to mess up again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, I'm going to realize that and I'm going to reflect on it and I'm going to try to be better Again, yep. I'm, I'm going to continue with that cycle of trying to be a good person and of accepting myself and others mm. and just trying to spread some love, kindness, and compassion out into the world. Damn straight. And I love that you 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 mentioned, you know, with this next breath. You know, it, it doesn't have to be tomorrow, right? Oh, I fucked up today. Mm-hmm. Like, I screwed my diet up today. I'm just going to end up eating cake all day. And tomorrow I'm going to start better. 
you right. know, like you can, you can, you can change that immediately, you know, like I, with uh-huh. meditation for me, for example, like, you know, I'll notice my mind wandering and then I could just throw up my hands and be like, Oh, my mind wandered. My meditation is ruined today. But that's the immediate like response to, okay, cool. My mind just wandered. I don't need to know what I'm going to have my, my grocery list. Come back to your breath. How do you feel your breath on the top of your lip? Do you feel that? Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Sit with that space. And then your brain's going to wander again and you're going to catch it and come and bring it right back. You know, it's the same thing with life. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just throw up your hands and be like, ah, today's fucked. Ah, screw it. Right. All right. No, cool. Okay. I just now noticed. And because of that notice and that awareness that I have, I'm going to bring these next moments into that alignment and then see how long I can, you know, withhold that or hold on to that, you know, but then yeah. don't beat yourself up for losing it. Don't beat yourself up for your mind wandering. It's doing what it's programmed to do. It's supposed to wander. It's right. supposed to think, you know, if we're going to against... the mistakes you make. Yes, exactly. Cause it's, there's so much knowledge that know, comes from that. Yeah. It's like, I, I, have spent a lot of time in my past, you know, making a mistake and being like, I'm a terrible shitty person. Mm-hmm. I hate myself, you know, like, but those are again, just those stories that we tell ourselves and we have to rewrite them and we have, and I think so many people, we focus on, on the bad. We dwell on the bad, we me do. included. I'm, I'm again, I'm working through everything. Um, but if we really start to remember the good things that we've done and, and the, the parts of us that are, you know, overwhelmingly, I think people are more good than bad. And yes. Agreed. Agreed. I think a lot of people are just trying to do what they feel is best for their families, for themselves, to keep people happy. And sometimes we don't have the the broad view to see how that decision could affect other people outside of ourselves or our family. Mm-hmm. But still, like, mm-hmm. the heart is in the right place, even if we don't understand what that heart is doing, right? It, we, we mm-hmm. can't really dissect people's feelings and emotions. We can only get what we either observe or what they tell us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times where we feel people are going against us as individuals, they're just trying to do what they feel is safe for them and their family. Mm-hmm. And that's I, yeah. and that, as hard as that is to understand, because there's a lot of ignorance wrapped up in that. There's a lot of hatred wrapped up in that as well. Um, that's, that's not excusable, but you know, there's also not everything is hatred and not everything is anger and not, it's just a different perspective sometimes, you know, and right. when we can and approach it with yeah. that, that, that wherewithal to, to hold the space, to feel the different perspective and to hear it, then make the understanding of like, okay, you know, whatever that decision is from there, but give the person the space to, to, to be heard, right. To be heard yeah. in, in, in their authentic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I could go on for three more hours I and I know we say, need to wrap it I up. I know we could just keep rolling with this, but I do actually, you know, I do want to, uh, kind of like tie it all together in this, this really nice kind of way. Um, in, 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 you know, tying it back to the confidence comment that I made about you earlier and how we kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, talked a little bit about that. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that comes up with me with that, because I, I have a hard time accepting compliments about myself from other people. Like, I'm like, I don't see mm-hmm. what you see. Uh, good for right. you, but you know, all right. But, you know, but <laughs> we, as, as the, the receiver of the compliment shouldn't diminish the complimentor because that is mm-hmm. something that it might've taken them a lot to, to, um, to get the confidence to say like, Hey, I really appreciate this about you. Right. right. And, uh, and so one of the things that, that the, one of the quotes that I love that kind of wraps up around this, this idea is, um, my relationship with you isn't based off of how you see yourself, but how I view you, you know, because mm-hmm. we are the hardest mm-hmm. on ourselves. We know all Absolutely. the dirty shit we've done. We all know all <laughs> the stuff that we, you know, all the, the weird thoughts, all the stuff that we could be judged about. We know mm-hmm. it more intimately than anybody else. So, of course, when somebody comes to you with like, hey, I, you look great today. It's like, oh, God, I just woke up. My hair is all fucked up. Right. I have like cereal <laughs> on half my face, you know. It's like, what the fuck? But, yeah. you know, 
but they see that in you. And just because you don't see that in yourself doesn't make that untrue for them. Right. Right. And so hopefully that, that truth that we can accept from the others will help us start to diminish that story that we tell ourselves that we're not enough, that we're shaming ourselves for whatever decision we made or didn't make or blah, 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 whatever bullshit story we have. And then we start Mm -hmm. to really feel the love from outside of us and, and let that kind of build us and, and find that confidence or that, that, that's, that, you know, sure footedness or whatever you need to have to really see the beauty that you hold as a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really working on when someone compliments me or says something nice, I'm really, I'm really, and I don't do it all the time, but really working on trying to just say thank you <laughs> instead of, you know, arguing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Thank you. Okay. I'll, I will sit here and I'm going to awkwardly smile and just say thank you. And then I'm going to tear yeah. up and walk away because I don't feel I deserve that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yes. The exactly. human experience. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Allie, thank you so much for joining me today. I, uh, yeah. I really oh, loved our conversation. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited. So did to, I. Oh, man. I'm so excited to see what you keep doing. Um, I'm going to try to make one of your Sunday classes. What time are your Sunday classes? Uh, your time, central time. 9 a.m. my time, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. my time. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? That might I'm be a good warm up for me to get ready for my class that I have to teach at 9 a.m. You you know I won't let you come until you fill out my waiver. So exactly. I better put right. you on my put you on my put you on my list for that. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, I uh, if I don't see you online uh, anytime soon in the next couple of weeks, I hope to see you in person when you come visit Pat. Oh, absolutely! You're on you're on that small list of people I got to see in Seattle, and I I really appreciate you. Um, uh, thinking that I'm worthy enough to be on your call. Thank you. Or your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've, I've so enjoyed chatting with you with all of the, uh, the tangents I go on and, <laughs> and I am very much looking forward to Patrick's episode. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you for the journey today. I appreciate you so much and I look forward to, to meeting you in person soon. All right. Thanks, Adam. All right, talk to you soon. Love. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with Allie and I. If you like the show, please hit like, leave us a comment, and uh, subscribe to it. Base and some love to y'all. We'll see you next time.